Hey friends, glad you're with us this week. This conversation goes into a bit of uncharted territory for this show. So if you have littles running around, you might want to put in earbuds or save this conversation and come back to it because you don't want to miss my talk with Jonathan Bengal. He is a business profit tax coach and podcast host of Naked Tax Talk Raw. So as you can imagine, Jonathan gives it to us straight. Our conversation gets just a little bit raw as he explains to us his passion for empowering entrepreneurs to make the most of their business by having a powerful tax strategy in place. Doesn't sound interesting? You don't know Jonathan yet. You're going to love this conversation. Hey there, friends. Are you looking for tools to resolve stress? reliable information to support your whole health, tips to help you motivate yourself and identify when motivation is fading before it happens, implementation, accountability, and someone to remind you to celebrate even the small successes where you can find tools you can use and accountability in a community that cheers you on, where information about health trends and lifestyle is reliable and straightforward. I know that you have what it takes to up-level your health habits and restore your resilience. You just might need a boost to start building momentum. I've designed a membership where you can choose the level of support you'd like to get every month, whether it's tuning in to connect with like-minded change makers or getting personalized support with one-on-one coaching to help you chart your path to success. Check out the link for the Velocity membership at happifiedlife.com. Special pre-launch pricing is now available for premium support, but you can jump in for free if you just want to test the waters. I look forward to seeing you inside. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited to have you with me this week as I share with you some brilliant insights from Jonathan Bengal. Jonathan is a business profit tax coach and teacher extraordinaire author, speaker, and entrepreneur. As an IRS-enrolled agent and tax strategist, he guides women entrepreneurs and a few good men through the darkness of taxation and shines a light to financial happiness. He wrote his first book, The ABCs of Deductions, An Entrepreneur's Guide to Tax Write-Offs, and became a number one best Amazon seller nationally and internationally. He's the host of his own show, Naked Tax Talk Raw, on YouTube. And if he isn't on his show, you'll find him teaching his national online program, Rapid Tax Savings Formula, where he educates, empowers, and transforms his students' lives from I don't know to I can, I am, and I will. So thank you for bringing your light to the show, Jonathan. I'm happy to have you with me. Thank you, Susie. Thank you so much. And what a great introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a lot to roll up into this. And you know, the title of your book grabbed me from the first time I heard it. I like keeping it simple, the ABCs of deductions, because we all want to know where we can save money, which brings us around to having strategy in place before tax day. And as we were talking before we came on, I think this might go live just a smidge before tax day. So we'll certainly all have tax on the brain at that point in time. Yes. Tax on the brain is kind of like a disease, you know, (laughs) it's like, you know, you got this disease and you got to get it taken care of. I call it taxonitis and people just don't really want to take care of this disease, which if they hire the right tax strategist doctor like me, right, we can actually manage this disease and it no longer cripples their life. It no longer, you know, binds them in a fear, a ball of fear and keeping them locked up you know, from making more money or making better business decisions, right? So when they come work with me, we, we use like a surgeon's tool and we help them to really cut away a lot of that disability, debilitating disease, again, a taxonitis, and we offer them the cure called tax planerosis. 
I like it. I like it. And from my own, you know, geeking out on science terminology, if I had liked it 20 years ago, where would I be? But when I got into the space of holistic health and geeked out five years ago, taxinitis is perfect because it's all about an inflammation, right? It's that fire that comes up and we get all heated up about this topic and then we're not thinking straight. So yes. It's all about taking action before we get into a hot mess. <laughs> yes, exactly. You, before you go on stage, right? Before you put on your makeup and your hair and, you know, all of that stuff, you got to think about like, okay, what's my intention? What do I plan on doing? And that's a lot like your business, right? It's kind of like, okay, before I get out there and start making a whole bunch of money, which is great, you know, you got to make sure your T's are crossed and your eyes are dotted, but you got to make sure your lipstick looks great and make sure your hair looks fabulous, right? Otherwise, what happens is we get bit by this disease, right? At the end of the day, we go to Uncle Sam and we fill out this thing called a tax return, you know, and Uncle Sam is basically just sitting back and he's like, yo, 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 Susie and all of your listeners. So, you know, where did you spend your money to make money, right? That's important. Where did you spend the money to make money? And you're like, well, I kind of put it here and I put it there, but I don't know if I could put it there. So I didn't put it there. And I left it off the return because I didn't know if you would approve. And he's like, so you got to pay up. You got to pay up. And so we do, right? In fact, it turns out that women entrepreneurs typically pay over a billion dollars more than their male counterparts in taxes to the government that does not want their money as an entrepreneur. Because we're afraid to ask for it, right? To challenge what we think. Oh, no, I shouldn't try that. I don't think that's going to work. And then we just miss out on these opportunities. That's a lot of money left on the table. A lot of money, a billion dollars. And then if you want to individualize it, right? Like right now, we tend to service anywhere between the max we serve a year is 30 clients a year. We would call that word boutique, you know, or very niched or whatever. But we have to be because I need to understand the full source of someone's business, right? I need to know everything about their business so I can think about all of the complicated tax strategies that unlocks those tax savings. So when we break it down on an individual level, right now we just finished, we finalized of the 16 corporate returns that are on schedule to be completed. We've got four of them completely finalized, which is typical for us. We'll finalize the rest in a couple of weeks. Already year to date, we're at $146,000 in tax savings with just those four clients. It's worth it. It's It's worth getting into a relationship with somebody who can talk some financial sense to you. Yes. And it it doesn't have to be boring, you know, or or scary. Like, so for example, the number one thing that I hear a lot actually are clients that come in and they say, I hope you don't mind, but like every time I go to accountants, I feel like they're judging me, you know, because I don't, I don't manage my money well, or like they make me feel like I'm like really small, you know, that kind of thing. And what I love to tell people, including your listeners, is that when you work with Jonathan Bengal, all right, that's my name, right? When you work with Jonathan Bengal, when you work with me in any of my capacities, be it on my show, Naked Tax Talk, that was an unplanned pregnancy, by the way. I gave birth to it. I had an unplanned pregnancy. I gave birth in 2019 at a tax conference of all places. And I was wearing this bathrobe because I was freaking cold in the hotel rooms in Vegas, right? And so I'm like freezing my ass off. So I grab the bathrobe and I'm just wearing it. And of course I'm getting the two types of eyeballs, like the curious ones and the ones that are judgy, right? You may know all those ones. <laughs> and so slowly by surely people get coming up to me. So what's with the bathrobe? What's the bathrobe? And like the fourth time I get asked this question, I'm tired of going like, I'm just cold. And out of my mouth comes this show, Naked Tax Talk, where we bear down to the naked truth about our personal lives, business lives, and monetary lives. And the moment I utter these words, I realized I just gave birth. And so that night I ran upstairs. My mother's waiting for me because I flew her from Texas to Vegas to rendezvous with me. And I'm like, step aside, step aside. I got to put together this business. So I'm up there. I'm doing all of the LLC application, the EIN, all of the things you have to do to protect this newborn baby that you've given birth to, right? So like I put it all together. So anyway, so when people come to my show, it's a fun place, right? We can learn. Like sometimes my content is 21 and over because it's really graphic, you know, depending on your level of risque. Um, But most parts, you know, it's pretty G, what's it called? G13 rated, PG13, you know? Um, maybe 18 plus for some episodes, but I digress. And then I have my other company when people work with me, which is more of a tax planning and tax uh, strategy and tax prep work. And that's my 18 year old son. Uh, His name is JB Financial. 
And I gave birth to him back in 2004. And uh, he's become my rock star. He's the one that, you know, he, he helps contribute to pay for Naked Tax Talk because babies, you know, they eat money and they shit out, you know, expenses. This is what new businesses do. So I got JB, who's kind of acting as the front man, who's paying for Naked Tax Talk and whatever. And then I gave birth to another infant. Actually, t- Naked Tax Talk is like a two-year-old toddler. And I have another baby. And this one is called uh, Simply Jonathan Vangle. So that one is my coaching business where I created a course to teach women entrepreneurs the five pillars of profits. And I walk them through, you know, the profit mindset, right? Because it's all of anything we do, whether it's working with you, with me, or anybody else out there, a lot of it boils down to what is our mental state of being, right? So I did all of this because every single sales call I have is, what can I deduct? I have an LLC, I think. What's this corporation thing people talk about? Or the worst is they come to me and they go, I formed an S corporation because my bookkeeper said to do it. And then I have to give them my eyes, my big, beautiful brown eyes. and got to bat them, you know, and I got to be <laughs> like, oh man. But did they tell you all the additional compliance work that it comes with? Like there's, it's more than just, you know, looking at your income statement, right? It's more than that. So anyway, so I thought I've got to put something together. So as you mentioned, it started with my book, The ABCs of Deductions, An Entrepreneur's Guide to Write-Offs. I wrote this book. It's not very long. It's on paperback now, thank goodness, on Amazon. You can go find it. 68 pages long. And we go through all the letters of the alphabet. And what I did is, again, because people feel afraid to talk about their taxes and talk about strategies and things of that nature, I had to remove all the legalese out of the language and bring it home to just the every average person out there, right? Like we're all average, really. I mean, if you think about it, right? So for example, I'll give you an idea. So I actually make the argument that the IRS is our friend and the friendships take trust and it takes mutuality, right? Reciprocity. And so for example, I write this passage, A is for advertising. How else do people know you exist? Uncle Sam understands the most fundamental principle of human existence, the need to be seen, and to be heard. For your business to survive, you have to tell the world you exist. You have to put up signs, create Facebook ads, or attend networking events, all in an attempt to be seen and heard. The need to be seen and heard is the most basic human desire, and that only affects us personally, but also our business. Because Uncle Sam sees your business as your child. He wants you to make sure that you do everything in your power to invest in having your child seen and heard. And it makes it so personal, right? It makes it more of a conversation than a really daunting task of understanding or feeling like we're in opposition with our financial state and where we want to be and where we are. And I love that you shared earlier that people come to you and they say, in my experience, I've felt belittled or looked down on by my you know, bookkeeper, my accountant, my anyone in different areas of financial oversight, you know, and they're just braced You're on the other side of your desk. And they're like, I'm already ashamed. And I don't even know why. <laughs> yes. So I love that you're putting a more, you're helping people recognize it's a relationship and it doesn't have to be in opposition Yes. in order to have a healthier financial situation. Yes. And, and it makes me feel a lot better, you know, at the end of the day, right? Because if we're having a good relationship, right, then we can tie our synergy together. And now we can really have a more in-depth conversation about our businesses. So like, for example, I had this guy who ultimately was not a good fit and he just wanted to have his taxes done. Now, mind you, we do do that, but I'm not involved, right? JB Financial's involved and my staff's involved. I'm not involved. And needless to say, so he says to me, well, can I deduct this, this, and this, and whatever else? And, and so I shared him with our packages. We have packages for our clients. And at the end of the day, he says, no, 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 I just want my taxes done. And I said, look, you didn't come here just to get your taxes done. You came here to unlock your money. You came here to, you know, figure out what you can do and ultimately keep it. And, and I said, you came here for a relationship, not just for a one night stand. And that's a huge difference, right? Like we've all been there. One night stands are what they are. And what we really are yearning for is a hot man or a woman, right? Or whatever, whatever suits our boats to really come in 
and really take care of us, right? So they take care of us. And in exchange, we take care of them, right? Like this is what we're chasing. We're chasing a real equanimity in terms of partnerships. And only in business can we be really truly polyamorous and have multiple relationships with people, right? Because they're all keeping me happy and I'm keeping them happy. Anyway, so this guy says, no, I just want my taxes done. And I said, well, unfortunately, that's just not how we really work at this level, because at the end of the day, what you're wanting is to have a conversation with me beyond the tax return or beyond what you can deduct, which is why I refer people to my class. So really what we want to have are conversations like one of my clients where we ran an analysis for them because once, depending on the level of packaging, I have what we call support, which is more quarterly basis, and then a full do it for you experience called the Bengal experience. And that's going to be like every month we're checking in, we're monitoring, you know, that kind of stuff. So one of my clients, we looked at their financials again, got to look at them. And I said, look, here's the real story. Here's where, unfortunately, we have to be a CEO or a CFO. Because I said, based on the cash rate analysis that we've run for you, we call it, it's called a burn rate analysis. When we looked at it, we realized that you only have seven months left before you file for bankruptcy. Let that set in for a moment. Can you imagine? You think life's going great. You see the money coming in, being deposited in your checking account. You still want to maintain a lifestyle. So you start using credit cards and charging up at the wazoo. You take out SBA loans. You're still charging up things up the wazoo, right? Nothing's changing. And then I have to be the bearer of bad news. You're about to be bankrupt in seven months if you don't take corrective action now. And so luckily... They were able to take corrective action. And unfortunately, the areas in which businesses suffer the most or the areas that we can control the most is going to be in labor cost, materials and supplies. So maybe basically renegotiating with your vendors and then looking at other areas that you're spending your money at very carefully. But see, most taxpayers don't even know this because they don't even have financials to tell them this. So right? Like numbers tell us stories. Like this financial statement I was looking at said, er, er, er. I was like putting on my hat. I was like, girl, you're in danger, right? Like you're going to be bankrupt. So we did. So we started making some changes and unfortunately they had to let go of staff members. They had to cut back and renegotiate their vendors, all of that, all an attempt to stay alive. That's just one component. And yet they come to me for taxes. So it's kind of funny how it goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Because it's kind of like, yes, we want you to spend money. Uncle Sam wants you to do this, to make money. But we have to also be very strategic. Yes. And so I think I already know the answer to this question, but let's just go here. Because as a fairly new business owner, you know, you get in this mindset of, oh my gosh, I've got so much on my plate. I'm not ready to dive into that. No, I know I need a strategy, but I'm not big enough to need a strategy yet. So when would you tell business owners that they really need to start getting into this foundational, what is this going to look like and when? Oh my God. Like you just totally brought something up for me. So I'm thinking like size does not matter right? Like size does not matter. I mean, it kind of does, but you know, so in this case with business, uh, I would argue and say that tax planning can happen at any level in your business. As long as you have the capital that you're willing to invest to make sure that you do realize the kind of savings that we're looking for. So it can be in the very startup of your business, right? That, that would be my class, Rapid Tech Savings Formula, right? It's a rather, what I would argue is an affordable entry point that gets you started. Like I just had a client today uh, send me an email. I need help. I'm starting my business. I don't know what to do, what entity choice to make, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I went, come to my class. I'll teach you there, right? So at the very minimum, you get the basics put into place, right? Then the next level is like the upgrade, right? We can all, this is the upgrade. And so we upgrade you into like, more advanced strategies that's very difficult to actually pull off yourself. And so it's really about having a set amount cash flow available to you or capital. If you're experiencing losses, which most business owners do, then it's about, okay, well, where are these losses coming from? And does it make sense to keep on having those types of losses, right? And then ultimately we convert. So in tax planning, what we look at are pillars. So we look at how do we shift income 
from one entity to a next, right? And entities, I go into real detail. Again, sex and entities, right? My program, my podcast or a video on YouTube for Naked Tax Talk or in the class, I go over it more le- in more elaborate details. So it's about like, okay, so shifting the income, where can we shift it? Sometimes it's not about shifting income inside the entity. Sometimes it's shifting it inside the family. Then there's other things like expenses, right? Where do we shift expenses? You know, where do we strategically put things at that makes financial sense? And then we look at what we call legal loopholes. So these are going to be things that Uncle Sam encourages us to do. Like, for example, right now with the with the pandemic going on. And so there's this thing called an employer retention tax credit, which trust me is beyond freaking complex that I've already taken three classes on it alone. I've got four more scheduled to take because it's really complex. But it's designed that way if you really think about it, right? Because on one hand, it's available to us, but if everybody took it, then, right, we would be, we would now, now we'd really be filing crying foul, right? So it's really strategic. So this employer retention tax credit basically says, listen, if your sales were affected because of this pandemic, right, and you're employing people or you're not, but we need to employ people, right, to add to the economy, right? Because Uncle Sam's all about making money. Mm-hmm. And so he basically says you can use these credits, which tax credits for the record are dollar for dollar reduction in your taxes versus a deduction, which is a reduction in the percentage of tax. So that's the difference between these two. So these tax credits now are available to us as entrepreneurs. And so that incentivizes us, right, to start doing these techniques to continue to save money. So Yes, I hear what you're saying, which is I'm a startup. At a very minimum, take a class. Take my class, right? Specifically. <laughs> you're in the you're in that two, three, three, four to five year range now. And you're starting to experience more clients and more revenues coming in. You also want to come in and chit chat with us because now again we looked at those loopholes and shifting income expenses. Maybe we gotta do some crazy things. The most complex plan I ever put together for somebody was us taking them and move. Now, this person made about a million dollars a year in revenue, and they were paying close to $300,000 in taxes. And so what we did is we, we created a whole bunch of other entities and shifted where the money was being earned into these other entity choices. And now it requires a lot more compliance. It requires a lot more accounting and tax and the whole kit and caboodle. But at the end of the day, what we ultimately saved them was something like 197,000 something dollars. Like it was huge, right? That 197, let's just make it even, 197,000 dollars. Dollars, honey, dollars. Like RuPaul <laughs> says, dollars, right? Like 197,000 dollars. For a lot of us, that's a house, right? I'd be buying my second property, shoots, right? Like I ask your audience, what would you do with $197,000, right? Or you could be like one of my clients that made about $80,000 in gross revenue and we saved them a net savings. So I'm including my fees, right? It was like $4,500 and something dollars, right? To someone who's making $80,000, who saves $4,500, right? That's still like, ooh, it could be a new marketing campaign. It could be exactly. investing in maybe a sales coach or a marketing coach, right? It can be maybe you want like what I wanted in October was a Peloton bike. And so, <laughs> you know, now I, it's funny because in Rapid Tax, I actually explain how my company actually paid for my bike for me using a very specialized particular setup, we'll say. But I digress. So like maybe you want to buy a Peloton bike, right? All of a sudden now you can take this money and now use it to go buy a bike, right? Or whatever the hell you want. And it's funny because in a traditional speaking stage where I've been on, I basically tell my listeners or my viewers that essentially what happens is when they go through my five pillars of profits, also known as my seed method, because if you think about it, right, it's like planting a seed. It takes time for it to grow and be like my like my husband. So he has a garden in the back. I used to call it his weed box not as in 420 weed, but as in weeds, like, you know, weeds that eat things or whatever, right? So he he now has a full-on garden, right? Carrots, you name it, right? And what I realized is finally now his crop is able to produce fruit and vegetables, which I'm consuming, right? That's like our businesses are finally consuming and now we can we can reap the benefits. So you walk through the seed method, again, 
all the things I just mentioned earlier, separation of self, entities, blah, blah, blah. And the ultimate effect, I call it the PFS effect, which I call personal financial security effect. And just like in life, it's circular, right? Just like our revenue is, everything is circular. And so what I realized is that if we can remove the barriers of entry, right? Remove the barriers because fear is what creates barriers, right? Fear is what keeps us back. Fear is what keeps us shrinking. Fear is what strips us away of our purpose. So if we can break that down, that's the basic knowledge, right? That's the basic things I can give you. My books, my courses, blah, 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 right? Now, all of a sudden, you start to have confidence, And we both know that when we raise our confidence, we raise our value, we raise the sense of who we are, right? So now I've got the confidence now to read my financials, to now make better business decisions, right? To now wisely and methodically spend my residual profits, right? Wisely in new areas. And then this is my favorite part. You get to take the residual out of your business And you get to take it home to your family. And now we're fulfilling the wishes of our spouses. We're fulfilling the wishes of our children and our grandchildren, right? We're fulfilling our own wishes, right? So somebody like myself who came from extreme generational poverty, and let me define this by saying that my mother gave birth to two children, myself and my younger brother lived on a fixed income of $500 a month. That's what we lived off growing up as a kid. And so as a result, when we are part of generational poverty, we don't have access to the right education. We don't have access to the right things that middle-class America has access to. So technically speaking, I should be a statistic. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be here talking to you eloquently the way I do. I shouldn't have a successful business, right? I shouldn't have a house and a car and a husband and all those things. I should be living on the streets in a cardboard box, you know, basically with no life. That's what statistics have said I should be. And unfortunately, this is true in my own family because only something like 5% of children born into poverty actually break the cycle of poverty and actually reach the stars that they've been chasing. So here I am, the successful multi-six-figure earner that has not only one business, but three businesses and a book, right? And a course. And what I realized is that, again, it was my own education that propelled me to the front, right? It was me understanding even the basics that kept me moving forward. And so again, it just repeats the PFS. I understand, I apply, I take it home and I fulfill my own dreams and those of my family. And that I think at the end of the day, for every single one of us, including our listeners, that's what matters is to us all, is fulfilling our own wishes. And why not do it through entrepreneurship, where Uncle Sam understands this? I really love that. And I think that I can see where your heart is in this mission of taking fear out of the game so that it's not clouding people's decisions and business choices, right? They're not limiting their potential to grow and to reach for what they want because they're afraid to to take risks. And when they can make smart choices and take those growth opportunities when they come up, that's a game changer. Then we are able to break out of whatever pattern or cycle we're coming from and up-level ourselves and bring our families with us. And that's so important. Like, it's interesting too, because like, I'm going to get real with you if I may, I'm going to get naked here just a little bit. And that is, is that because of the level of investment it can take for us to really plan and implement and do this kind of stuff and really pull off the savings that we do, oftentimes people are really afraid of that. And so what happens is there's a lot of people out there who are a non-financial industry. And they'll, so I'll use a sales coach. I don't, I'm not dissing them because maybe you never know. I might be one one day for accountants. You just don't know. But my thing is, is they'll say like, invest with me. And I'll get you back 100 times over or 10 times over or whatever the promise is, right? This grand promise. I've invested over $60,000 in these types of claims, right? And ultimately only got back about, a, about 30% of that investment, right? So that's a real story, the rich truth. However, in my case, when I say to somebody, we're going to get you back $70,000, $100,000, half a million, or a couple thousand dollars, it's true. It's almost guarantee, although I cannot use that word legally, 
And we ultimately use the tax return as a judgment to determine whether or not I've done my job. And I think that's really fundamentally important here is that, you know, guys like me or women like me who are tax planners, we're not just blowing smoke up your ass and giving you this big promise. We're like legitimately saying, look, we're using the actual law as it's written, including court cases, and using that to unlock the mystery of taxation and uncover legal loopholes and ultimately to reveal the truth of where you can actually save money. That's my two pieces. (laughs) (laughs) We're opening the kimono, right? And yes, I think it needs to happen. And I think people are even afraid to look for these opportunities or resources, right? So they go to their bookkeeper and then they take their books to the accountant and then they just hope and pray they're not going to have to like put their tax on the credit card or something because they've been doing business in the meantime, right? You know, it's hard to save up that tax savings so that you can pay that. Do you want me to tell you what what it can cost you if you take advice from a bookkeeper? Yes. So we had a client that came in not long ago and uh, sat in front of me. He's actually a tax prep client. So not a consulting client, right? Because they're very separate. And in this particular case, my director of operations, her name is Paige, she comes in and she goes, what's with this W-2? And I looked at it and I go, oh, that's an illegal move, right? So it's illegal for what they did. And so I said, get an appointment set up for a consultation. Like we have to have a consultation. So I brought him in and I basically said, so I want you to know, but who gave you this advice to pay yourself wages because of your current structure? So what I'm referring to is if you're a sole proprietor or a single member, LLC, fancy word for a disregarded entity, this is the government's terms. If you're one of these two things, you cannot pay yourself wages through a W-2, like traditionally, okay, that's an illegal move. And so I said, who told you to do this? Well, my bookkeeper said to do it. Well, does your bookkeeper do taxes? Are they tax planners? Well, no. So then why did they give you this advice? They gave me the advice so I could go qualify for the PPP loans. So now we have a criminal case in front of us potentially, right? Because we now are defrauding the government of its money. Do you see where I'm going with this? So I said to him, so you're looking at a, over a $66,000 tax problem and you're looking at potentially criminal charges, right? I'm not a criminal attorney. I'm just a tax IRS enrolled agent who happens to be licensed by the Internal Revenue Service who had to study this shit, right? So I'm like, <laughs> girl, you're in trouble. So I said, but I have a solution, right? That's the other thing, right? We have a solution. And so we shared with him what we could do for him. And we're on par to not only erase his $66,000 problem, but we're also on par to actually save him another $30,000 in taxes. So that's like, what, $90,000, right? But had he gone to our Joe Schmo tax preparer, right, he would have had a $66,000 minimum, $66,000 problem, which came from a bookkeeper, which does not do taxes or planning. That's the risk we take. Ain't that something to think about? <laughs> and, and even more evidence how having that strategy in place and having the right people who you can trust for information, you know, because there are different levels of licensure or certification or what have you, right? I mean, a bookkeeper does your books. All they have to do is make the math work. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes they do a good job. I'm not going to diss bookkeepers because they are needed, right? We specifically work with certified bookkeepers. Uh, That's who we typically work with, again, because the work is top-notch. We know it can be trusted. We know what they're doing. They understand the real accounting formula. They usually have an educational background, like myself, a bachelor's in in business accounting. So they usually have some type of background that supports that versus, unfortunately, look, I got a case right now I'm working on. Pardon my words, but it's so jacked up. I almost said the F word, but it kind of is like it's totally effed up right now, right? And we're going back and forth between the bookkeeper and ourselves, right? We need this. We need that. We need this. We need that. And it's like, if you only knew how much money we could have saved you, because I'm charging right per hour for some of these things at 500 bucks an hour, it adds up fast. So it's kind of like not all bookkeepers are created equal. And if one is going to hire a bookkeeper, you need to start asking questions. What's your educational background? You're looking for degrees or associates in accounting. 
you're looking, are they certified? So for bookkeepers, right? You're looking for their experience. How many years? Who have you been doing this for? Because if they go, oh, well, I just started this because I hate to say this, but this happens a lot. Oh, I just started this bookkeeping company because my husband works full time and I had nothing else to do. Right. That's a huge, huge red flag. Or if they say, <laughs> oh, I do my husband's books. Right. Huge red flags. When you go to hire a tax professional, like a tax preparer, for example, same thing. What's your educational background? What are your licenses at this point now? Right. So preferably you're using a certified public accountant, which, by the way, just because there's people are CPAs doesn't mean they specialize in tax. That's really important. Right. They do a whole er other areas or you go to an IRS enrolled agent like myself, an EA. That's the designation. Right. That tells you they specialize in just in tax or you go to a tax attorney. Right. So you're going to go to specialized people because at the end of the day, if we go anywhere else, what we find time and time and time again is over a billion dollars in taxes being unnecessarily spent. And we don't want to get into that position. <laughs> Uncle no, Sam might want, want us to hold on to it, but he does not want to give it back. <laughs> oh yeah, once he takes it, it can be given back. We can actually go back in time sometimes. Like right now we've got a case, some clients of ours are doctors. And like everybody, they say, I just started my business in 2019. That's just true for a lot of people. And so we didn't have an income, we had a loss. And then I ask, well, did you put it on your tax return? And they say, no, we didn't do that. We decided we'll do it in 2020 because we had income. <clears throat> Illegal, right? So now this is the time where we get to go back. And again, there's special rules for this. But in this case, we actually go, we actually get to step into a time machine and click 2019 and it takes us back to 2019. Then we get out and we do special magic sauce, so to speak, and we correct their 19 which then leads to a better 2020, which then will lead into 2021, right? And what's really nice about this is we can go all the way back in time to 2017. That's how far back we can go now and really start to utilize a lot of what we call amendments and make things right. And what's cool about amending things is Uncle Sam, he's all about making sure it's right. So you can actually amend stuff more than once if it deems necessary. Fun fact. There you go. It pays to go to the source where you get the facts. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hello. <laughs> Information is power. <laughs> it is. It really is power. Like it can take us to a whole new level in life. And so we've been talking a lot about entrepreneurs and how to have strategy for tax in your business in order to make the most of what you're actually bringing in and holding yeah. on to as much as possible. Do you also work with as much per se as employees or that sort of thing. I think I heard on your show the other day, you were talking with a woman who has some investment properties. So is that more the case? If it's more than simply a straight employee, then there are things you can do to help them make the most of Yeah. On. Unfortunately, when I have clients that come in and they say, I want to reduce my taxes, right? Everyone does. I want to cut my taxes. And you ask them, how do you earn your money? right? How do you get your moo-moo? And so they'll say, oh, I'm a W-2 earner, right? That's how they make their money predominantly. And I unfortunately have bad news for everybody who is a W-2 employee. And that is that there really isn't much we can do to cut your taxes. And here's why. Here's the reason why. The reason, and actually, let me back up and say that you can, there are ways in which you can reduce your taxes if you're just a W-2 earner. You're going to use things like Roths, which don't really benefit you today, they'll benefit you tomorrow. Traditional IRAs, contributing to traditional IRAs, right? That's beneficial today, but not tomorrow. And then if your employer offers retirement uh, programs, you would want to make sure that you're fully vested in those programs. Because it's a win-win for both you and the employer. But ultimately, we have to look back at the entrepreneur. And so the entrepreneur's formula, essentially, is I'm taking charge of my own destiny, my own life, and I'm stepping into the risk. And so when you step into the risk, Uncle Sam, again, he understands that principle, right? You're taking a lot of risk because I don't know about you, but as business owners, there's no guarantee for tomorrow you'll make money. I mean, that's the ultimate truth. And so it's a huge gamble. So not only is it a gamble in terms of making money, it's also a gamble in terms of our retirement, right? Because we're not necessarily paying into Social Security and Medicare, right? especially if we have losses. So we lose out on that benefit. So when we're old and gray and we never had profits on the books. And then we go apply for Social Security benefits and they're like, you never had income all those years. 
you don't have retirement, right? You never put away the money into 401ks and that kind of stuff. You don't have a retirement, right? So now we're really like, really like up a creek with no paddle. And so W-2 earners are the ones who actually have to carry the burden of the tax because ultimately the formula of entrepreneurship is charge a price for services and product, also known as revenue, minus expenses, also known as deductions, right? Because deductions are a little bit clouded, but I digress. So revenue minus expenses equals net profit or net loss, right? My revenue is greater than my expenses. I have a profit. Expenses are greater than revenue. I have a loss. And so because of the losses that sometimes are created because of our choices on purpose, maybe not so much on purpose, or because of fluff expenses, I call them fluff anyways, like in my book, again, if you get my book, you'll read under D for document for a depreciation and you'll understand what I mean by this. So it's like a fluff expense, right? It doesn't really exist. It's something Uncle Sam gave us. So with all that being said, we have zero taxable income theoretically, thereby we don't pay taxes. So if we're not paying taxes as business owners, someone has to keep the roads going. Someone has to keep the lights on at the public library. Somebody has to pay the teachers to teach the kids. Somebody has to. And so the burden falls on the employee. That's why there's not much we can do for employees. Now, if an employee says, well, I'd like to start investing in properties. Well, here's a misconception about that. So what a lot of coaches out there who teach real estate investments may not be telling you is that it is not ultimately the best way to retire. I have a client that thought that was the best way and invested $6 million in different properties throughout the country, sold two of them to support his mother and ended up with a surprise bill of over half a million dollars in taxes. He doesn't have half a million dollars in tax um, in dollar because he turned around and spent all that money helping his mother, right? So now Uncle Sam wants all his other properties. Do you see where I'm going with this? So no one really talks about this problem that comes up with the properties. The second thing they don't talk to you about is that if you're not actively involved in your rental properties, the losses that are generated, again, by depreciation typically, right, are going to be limited based upon your income. So a lot of people think, oh, I'm making two, $300,000 for my nice job, right, as a W-2 earner. And then they take a class, they hear someone that says, go buy rental properties, right? So they go and they buy their first rental property. They put the money into it. They flip it, maybe, maybe not. And they turn it into rental property. Then they come to the end of the year to the tax preparer and they go, here's all the stuff I did. And then they're thinking, you're going to say to them, congratulations, you're getting a refund, right? And the answer is you still owe money, right? And then they're like, but why? I bought this rental property. It was supposed to set my taxes off. Well, what is somewhere along the lines you didn't learn that Uncle Sam understands this loophole and put in a what's the word I'm looking for? I'm looking for that word. What is it? A chastity belt in place, right? <laughs> put a chastity belt around it and was like only certain things go in and go out at certain times, right? So our job is to figure out how to unlock the chastity belt and take it off so that we can finally have full access to the losses. So on one hand, if someone's got one rental property, you're not a tax strategy client. You're just not. If you've got two, three, four, five of them, right? Now you're a tax planning strategy client. Does that make sense? Yeah, because then you've got the latitude or the volume to really take advantage of some, some strategies to help you get ahead. Yes. Very helpful. Thank you. Insightful. <laughs> There's so much to it. Yes. So it's thinking outside the box and thinking about all of these radical ideas you can do. So needless to say, that inspires me. You began to see where I'm claiming now my value, because I'll be honest with you again, nakedness. I make my money based on the amount of value I bring to you. And value is defined as it breaks down into how much money I save you. I mean, there's part of that's part of the pricing that we go through is how much money are we saving you at the end of the day, right? So that's when I started realizing this value component. And then you start seeing me investing in coaches like course creation and sales coaches and marketing coaches. Like I said, $60,000 later and boom, bada bang, here you have me sitting in front of you, not only utilizing the skills that I did learn from these coaches, which I have to argue and admit that they were good for me, was the ROI guaranteed? No, but is it coming fruit now? 
Yes, it is. Of course it is. And so now you're seeing me applying all these things. And this is why, you know, I can have this fabulousness conversation with you, both real and also tax as well. Yes. And all of those lessons come together and I've done a lot of different kinds of work. (laughs) And so I can see too, in retrospect, you know, it wasn't a straight line, but I like to think of it as a concentric path that led me to exactly where I'm supposed to be. Right. And so that recognition, that experience in the classroom of you can get 200% more out of the same students because you regard them as having potential, right? You bring respect to the table and they bring it back. And that's something that I think a lot of people on the other side of the tax table don't feel like they're getting, right? So they're hiding out. They're not opening themselves up to the possibility and potential of what strategy can do for them. They get ahead. You've got a client that's getting ahead. They're going to keep coming back to you over time. It's a win-win. And so I I think it's terrific. I love how every piece led you to exactly where you are. And now you've got this education, you know, informed process and you do get to be a teacher, even if we don't get to call it that in marketing materials. (laughs) I know. Right. It's like, I finally, like, even now, like just the way you said that back to me, like, I'm like, I could feel that sense of emotion, right. Rising because that is my ultimate passion. I mean, that's what I was born to do. I was born to teach. And so I get to now jokingly say that I do get to teach and I get paid a hell of a lot more money to do it. Winning. So, you know, Yes. And and again, you know, I mean, I my to my fellow teachers out there, you know, it's probably one of the best professions in the world, if you ask me, mainly because it was my teachers that would ultimately have the greatest impact on my life. And it was every single teacher that I met, again, growing up through elementary, through university, where every single one of them really, truly inspired me at different levels, because they each individually saw, right, that potential and helped me to reach and attain where I'm at. So like right now, one of my coaches I work with, she's actually a teacher. She used to be a former teacher. And the reason why I love working with her is because of that fact, because she's a teacher. So like, in my opinion, if someone says I'm a teacher, I'm a former teacher, I'm like, how do I sign up? Because I know that teachers are a trained to be teachers, the science of teaching And then a lot of us have the art of teaching, right? This is the how we actually teach. So anyway, shout out to all the teachers out there that, you know, are are making our lives better ultimately at the end of the day. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for this conversation. I try to keep them short and sweet. We might edit the audio, but the (laughs) video is going to be full length. So people get to tune in and enjoy our uncut edition. Thanks for keeping it real. Ooh, I like that. Uncut edition. Let me know so I can put that on my show. The uncut edition. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. Thanks for bringing the inspiration and the empowerment. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad that this conversation is happening in this space because I think it's something that people don't want to think about. They try to sweep it under the rug and dread it, you know, for this period of tax time that we were talking about beforehand and think it's a a one-off. And when you integrate it and you recognize you don't have to be afraid of it, then you can really take the best advantage. Oh, you can take yeah. off. So speaking of which, I do have um, I do have a gift, your listeners. <gasps> Terrific. And I'm sure you can put it in your show notes. But basically, it's a really cool PDF I put together slash checklist. And it's called Seven Ways to Legally Shred Your Taxes Overnight. So this is a great for right now for people who are getting ready to file their own taxes right? You can kind of look at this PDF, get an idea of the things. Now, I have to say with a caveat that this particular uh, PDF, we launched it in November of last year. So technically speaking, you would have had to have implemented some of these changes before the end of 2020. However, the rules still apply in 2021. So although it's like, oh, cool, I can go do that right now. The truth is, is the occurrence had to have occurred in 2020, right? Because we're filing 2020. So no cheating. You can't be like trying to do shit in 2021 and try to do it in 2020. Like that's not allowed. (laughs) But the next thing is, if you don't mind, I'll give you the link for your listeners and viewers to go and actually purchase my book. And in fact, if they don't want to wait for the link, they can just go to amazon.com, type in the search box, the ABCs of deductions and entrepreneurs guide that will put you into our mailing list as well and keep you abreast. But I'm really excited because at a very minimum, If you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this right now and you've got questions about your entity, you got questions about things you can deduct, you have questions like how do you untangle your commingled funds, things of that nature, 
you'll get the answers in my course. You get the answers in the two-day intensive training, not directly, but indirectly, just because of the nature of the training, right? And then, of course, my book. Like, honestly, this book, you start implementing what's in this book, it can save you literally hundreds, well, at a very minimum, tens of thousands of dollars in taxes. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I love it. It's always a pleasure to play with a fellow happiness advocate. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, happiness. I mean, that's why I say financial happiness, because like, at the end of the day, as entrepreneurs, we were all given the gift of happiness. Everyone is, I guess, at the end of the day, but entrepreneurs specifically, and I say that, and I make this argument because we all have decided that what we provide is providing happiness, right? Let's be real. What is the opposite of happiness? Well, according to Buddha, the opposite of happiness is suffering, right? We are all suffering in the same way. I actually started becoming a Buddhist when I was 30 as a result of the schooling, the school discrimination shit, right? So I started becoming a Buddhist. And the one thing I learned by being a Buddhist is that we're all suffering in the same way, which I have an episode on my show, Naked Tax Talk, called How a Cockroach Taught Me Wisdom. And uh, oh, yeah, it's about my cockroach that moved in. His name is Oscar. He moved into my bathroom and I let him live there rent free for three months. But it's a, again, tune in for that episode if you want to find out more. But anyway, so we all bring a sense of happiness, right? So like I bring a happiness in terms of how to keep more of your money so you can go do the things you want. Susie, how do you bring happiness to the world? Oh, I just advocate that we put happiness first and then success follows. Right. Evidence proves it. Yeah, that's exciting Absolutely. work. <laughs> so it's shifting the mind or it's thinking about something differently, right? It's the way we yeah. communicate different things. And so each of us as entrepreneurs, we're bringing a sense of the reverse of suffering. So in many ways, we can look at our products or our services and say, how does my solution bring happiness to the world? And so in closing, I'd like to first of all say thank you to you, Susie, for inviting me onto your show. I'd like to say thank you to the people that are listening to the cut version and the uncut version. And so with that, it made me feel happy that I could be here to deliver this. So the emotion I feel right now is happiness. And so with that, I'm going to let it go. And so I did this by simply saying this, Susie, may you and all of your listeners and viewers be happy. May all of you be free of suffering and may all of you never be separated from your happiness. And with that, I say thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, keep on shining.